Hello, friends. Welcome to the Climbing Fierce podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping devoted Christ followers on the higher journey as they climb towards the plans, purposes, and presence of God. This podcast is built around the idea that life's not just a journey, but rather a purposeful climb to sovereign heights. I'm Hannah Schaefer, and I'm joined by my friend and co-host, Dr. Claudia Dempsey. We welcome you to journey alongside us as we explore common hangups, setbacks, and growth points on the journey of life, as well as some key strategies and resources so we can collaboratively climb together to reach new heights. This is Climbing Fierce. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Climbing Fierce. On today's show, we're going to be talking about God choosing us. And more specifically, his love for and care for each of us individually. But before we drill down on this topic, of course, I wanted to talk about the role that this concept of choice plays in our own lives. And so sometimes I can feel bombarded with the plethora of choices and options that I have in a day, Claudia. I don't know how you feel, but I often get that decision fatigue specifically. If I go to anywhere that sells anything, I can just be overstimulated within yeah. oh, half absolutely. an hour. Absolutely. I mean, right? You think of the grocery store. Uh-huh. Do I seriously need 60 different cereal, cereal options? <laughs> Try 200. 200. I think so. Okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's, it's pretty wild. And actually... In the American grocery store, there is 40 to 60,000 items on the shelves. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, Talk about decision fatigue. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And then I think about like our entertainment options, which I feel like we talked about on a previous podcast. Some of the like, it's all about you. (laughs) But when you talk about the amount of options that you have, even in like how many streaming services you have, I mean... Like, how many are you really going to pay for? <laughs> I mean, what's out there today? There's so many, and there's new ones starting. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you just, you know, share with all your friends, and then they pay for some, and then you pay for some. <laughs> right. and um, Which, that can be really nice if you know exactly what you want to watch. But we have a joke in our family that we spend more time looking for a movie than we do actually watching oh, a movie. been there, for sure. Oh, yeah. Especially, like, my family of origin, right? Like, you have multiple siblings and, and two parents, mm-hmm. potentially, that are giving feedback on what to watch like good luck good luck to you so with all of this i think this is what it's telling us we are inundated with choices constantly Uh, so i don't know again what your thoughts are but i think in a society like ours i think it's really easy to take choice for granted what are your thoughts oh absolutely i mean we're already talking about that just with i can't and now the 200 cereal options i can't just go pick up cheerios of what i grew up with Many, it's got to be the diet, ago. honey nut. Right, seriously. Just <laughs> so the options, you know, it's really funny because the freedom of choice has actually kind of become a driving philosophy for our culture. We really now look at it like it's a human right rather than a gift or a privilege. Um, but, you know, as, I, as I've researched some of this, there's really clear evidence that the presence of choice in, in all that we do at all times, every day, 24 seven, it actually becomes counterproductive. You think it's a good thing, but when hmm. you really unpack it, uh, like actually somebody's standing in front of a buffet. No, you actually don't need, it a buf- need to eat at a buffet every day. Hmm. Um, so these, these authors, um, I know Barry Schwartz was one of them. He looked at, he did a TED talk actually, I think. And then he did, he did some writing on this book called The Paradox of Choice. And he says this, that getting to choose everything we want, every time we want to do so, 
is absolutely not advantageous because we're just not really wired to be able to, to manage that. Like there's too much to take in to process all the stimuli. And what happens and what he talks about in his in his works is that we actually move toward paralysis. We get stuck. Hmm. Like I don't, I don't even know what to do. I don't know what box of cereal I should choose. I probably am not going to pick anything right now. So in things where we can put it off, we do. Because that that stress of um, trying to pick. In fact, I was reading something where it was talking about some working with some individuals and their financial portfolio packages. Mm -hmm. And this one lending, not lending, uh, kind of financing uh, investment agency was working with a, a group of some seniors, still young enough with lots of time left, uh, to do some portfolio planning. And they, they said a very small percentage of them actually stepped in to make changes, even when the changes were good, because just the information overload. Mm. So where there were good things that was, that was really promising some good returns, they didn't even do it because it's just too overwhelming to have mm. to process and think through that. So wow. I know, I, I've been there. Did I make the right choice? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know what to do. And that kind of hounds us. So mm. um, the good news is, while I get stressed out, if there's too many options... There is one for whom the proficiency of choice is never, ever an issue, and that's the Lord. Mm. Uh, and interestingly, Hannah, I almost have a hard time wrapping my mind around this. It is amazing to realize we are one of his intentional choices. I mean, we just have to think about that for a moment. The God mm. of all the universe chose us, chooses us. It's beyond comprehension sometimes. Wow. I'm just thinking about my decision fatigue and that the Lord never, never uh, deals with decision fatigue. Right? Just Absolutely. haven't put it quite in that context. And I know it's very silly, but it makes me really appreciate the Lord. But I mean, he is all powerful. He is almighty and he chooses us. Mm. It really is wild. This reminds me of the uh, indescribable tour that Louis Giglio did yep. a couple mm -hmm. years back, That's maybe great. a decade. Um, and for those who don't know what I'm talking about, you should absolutely pull up YouTube after this and watch some of it. It's very, very powerful. And what he talked about on that tour was that if we look out into the far reaches of the universe, we will find a seemingly infinite expanse of mystery and wonder intricately fashioned by a God of unfathomable size and power. And we know this because of scripture that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And we're told in the Psalms that the heavens declare the glory of God. And so to that point, Claudia, let's talk about this one element of God's creation, his infinite universe, as a point of reference to understand the majesty and the power of God. Yeah, okay, so this is really such a, a great place to kind of unpack some of this. And so I'm going to try my best to channel some Louis Giglio. I won't do <laughs> service to kind of his presentation. I'll so start really, calling you uh, Louis. <laughs> <laughs> his work was great. But as we think about this, and for anybody who ever paid attention to science class, I know that's a little hard, mm -hmm. um, we live in the Milky Way galaxy. You know, that's where we are. But this galaxy is itself home to billions of stars and planets. So... The Milky Way alone has got millions of stars, planets, but the Milky Way is actually just one of a few billion galaxies. So, all right, already now my mind's starting to like break down. Like oh, yeah. I, I'm losing an ability to comprehend what this is. So um, one way maybe we can provide some context, and this is not full to scale, but I think it provides at least some parameters to think about this. If you think of one neighborhood, pick any neighborhood here on earth, just pick one, and then if you imagine that in, in comparison or relative to the whole world, that's the Milky Way. 
that one little neighborhood. Oh it's, it's massive, right? Mm-hmm. So um, it's, a, it's amazing. And in that analogy, if the whole world is the universe and our galaxy is the Milky Way, you can see that it's just one small, small component of this massive creation. Um, and I'm not even going to, there's ways, and Louis unpacks this. He looks at um, time, not, uh, what is that called? The speed of light. And he unpacks all that. And the di- I honestly, my brain stops working. But to put this in some scalable terms to us, and this is crazy. So let's imagine now that the Milky Way, um, again, is just this size of the U.S. Now, if that's the size of the U.S., then the Earth would be smaller than one one millionth of a grain of sand. Hmm. So... If the Milky Way were likened to being the size of the U.S. in this realm of all that's created, Earth would be the size of one grain of sand. <laughs> like, I don't even know how to think about that. Mm-hmm. So, okay, let's go a little further. So, now imagine God is out for a walk one day, and he says, hey, I want to head over to the Jersey Shore, where I, I grew up in Jersey. So he's going sh- to uh, head over to the Jersey Shore, and while he's out, he's going to pick up one grain of sand, put it in the palm of his hand. And then because he's God and he's amazing and can do anything, um, he's going to break that grain of sand into a million pieces. And honestly, yeah, the metaphor, it's, it's hard to even track with this. But if he took that one one millionth of a grain of sand, that would be earth in the middle of all of this. And on that are seven billion of us. So <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot to even try to package. What we're saying is God's universe is massive. It's beyond measure. We sometimes think of earth and what we're doing and how we're living like as all that there is. And we're kind of the center of the world. And oh my gosh, we are a speck in the enormity of what God has created. And yet he sees us on this speck. It, it's really, it's crazy to even think about. It really is that hard to follow. It, I just tried to unpack that, but no, I, it's just, it's very mind boggling. Initially, when you said Milky Way, it made me think of the grocery store, as in like the Milky Way, uh, you know, candy bars. And I'm like, oh, there's so many candy bars. But then when you put it in the perspective of a neighborhood and the rest of Earth, and that is, mm-hmm. I, I just, yeah, it's it is uh, mind warping. It yeah, really right. is awe inspiring. So he's enormous. He is. God is enormous. His creation is absolutely enormous. Mm. And to think that it just uh, like scratches the surface of reflecting who he is Mm. and the mystery and the awe and the wonder is a perspective that will move you if you let it. Claudia and I both would love for you to listen to the end of this podcast, but if you just need to pause the podcast and worship for a minute, or you just need to sit in silence as you drive or wherever you're listening, um, and just really take in the, uh, idea of how like big and wonderful Mm. and powerful and creative God is, then we want you to do that and then come back. Of course. Yeah, it's, it really is. It's the sort of thing where if we don't stop and actually take some time to think about this intentionally, Mm -hmm. intentionally, we just run by it. Like Mm -hmm. it almost is, it's like hard for me to actually work the mental muscles to imagine the grandeur of God. It breaks down. You know, my thinking breaks down. We're so, we're so finite Mm -hmm. to imagine the infinite is impossible, but it really helps when I start to think of my day-to-day things, my Mm -hmm. stuff in light of his grandeur. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. When, (laughs) when we're even talking about like our issues, uh, and 
in the light of the analogy you just gave, all I can picture is like the beginning of the Grinch movie, the the real oh one, gosh. the Jim Carrey one. And it's like weaving through and it's like uh, Whoville is this very t- like small uh, oh my gosh. town yes, within this particle. You know what I'm right, talking about? Yes, yeah. And I then I just think about them standing around and singing <laughs> and holding hands. <laughs> I don't know the rest of it. But, you know, just all the things that seem so mm. uh, dire to little whoville and um, right for real that's a great to illustration all the who's. Yeah. yeah um i just need to put things in uh, my childlike terms sometimes mm-hmm. so we're talking about very big concepts that i relate to the grinch so but um you know i think with with this uh whole idea this is just the start of this conversation because what we're really talking about today is the fact that an all-powerful God chooses us. So we've reflected on who God is, but the fact that God actually chooses us. And once we begin to actually grasp that, Mm. if we don't already, then we can more fully engage in the wisdom and the knowledge and the perspective that God offers to us about who we are and the grand scheme of life and the meta-narrative of scripture even. And if you didn't already know, this podcast is a part of a larger ministry that our team is launching called Growth Point Perspectives, because we realize that our perspective has to grow if we are going to grow. And I think that's something we've talked a lot about previously, Mm. Um, you know, just shifting perspective. If you haven't checked out our previous uh, episodes on some of that content, can't encourage you enough to go do that. But... um, In the shaping and refining of our perspective, it helps to recognize that among the countless aspects and elements of God's creation, our God has intentionally set his gaze upon our flawed and very imperfect selves. And as a loving father who has called us to himself, um, he is in constant pursuit of our, I'm going to use a big word called sanctification, and that just means us becoming more like Jesus. Um, so, you know, he is constantly in the pursuit of us becoming more like him, um, in the journey. Cause we always talk about the journey as we're journeying to right. the heights. Yeah. And I love that you just said that really getting some perspective. And I think that's what all this is about. Um, we see our lives, we see the enormity of some of what we think are our issues, our problems, our worries. And if we can contrast those to the absolute, again, I used this term earlier, grandeur of God, mm. his, his the, the enormity of who he is, these very small temporal issues. Um, you know, I sometimes I remember with my kids growing up, I'd see them literally freak out over something that I'm like, oh, this is going to pass in about three minutes. Mm. And they're, they're having a meltdown. Mm-hmm. And I know this is a little three minute thing. And tomorrow we're going to be past this. Nobody's going to think about this. Yeah. In the moment, they're losing their minds. And I mean, we do that. Mm-hmm. And, but it, I think it really helps when we see the enormity of us. But more specifically, that a God who's so massive sees me, knows me, cares for me, chooses me, chooses mm-hmm. us. Um, I, I really hope that that changes some of our perspective on how we're doing this thing called life, mm-hmm. our, we, how we see our place in life. And to know the world system with which we live is not going to recognize the sovereignty or majesty of God. It's not. So we're almost going to have to push against the current on this. It's going to be counterintuitive to go through life um, and say, I'm going to choose to see him. I'm going to choose by faith to grab hold of and hold on to how big he is. And I'm going to be intentional to um, make sure that I'm, I'm looking not only to who he is, but this idea of 
that he's calling me to something. He's got a plan. He's got a purpose. He's leading me higher. So, and, you know, I can tell you, there are a lot of views out there on how people see God, how they try to understand God. I, I won't even go into the detail of trying to unpack something like the teleological argument or the watchmaker uh, way that we see God as a, you know, somebody who creates earth and his role and involvement with mankind. This idea is that he's there and he's inviting us into a journey with him. And we've got a choice to make. Are we going to respond to that? Got it. So this clockmaker theory, I'm not going to say the other word because it seemed hard. (laughs) (laughs) This clockmaker theory, it suggests that an all-powerful God made earth and everything in it, but then kind of leaves it, leaves Mm -hmm. it be. Yeah. Because once you make a watch, you just kind of let it be. Is that Yeah. The whole idea of where it stems from is this idea um, where this originated was this kind of, is there this intellectual argument of if you were walking along the road and you saw a little watch on the side of the road, would you ever say, wow, it's amazing that that little watch just poof came into existence. Mm -hmm. No, you'd say there was a designer, there was an architect and the same with life and with earth. You'd say, yeah, we didn't just poof arrive. There was a designer, there was an architect. Mm -hmm. And for our purposes, he didn't just put this in action. He didn't turn on the, the power switch and walk away. He's an architect who said, I want to be, I want to be present in every aspect of what's going to happen here. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, we could really delve into the existence of God conversation, but maybe we'll save that one for, <laughs> for another time. Um, an important conversation to have for sure. Um, but it becomes, I think, an easy or it becomes easy to question sometimes, you know, the reality um, of God because he doesn't fit sometimes into our, I say mm. sometimes, most of the time into our finite thoughts and our parameters and our ways of thinking or understanding. Um, and I think in my own experience, uh, a lot of times what I tend to see in the conversation of the existence of God is like, oh, there is suffering in the world. Or, uh, you know, when we take it to our own personal stories, like, well, God wasn't with me when mm, right. I was walking through this difficult thing, or I think it's mostly phrased like, where was God when this terrible thing was happening in my life? Um, and that is a great question. I think um, some of that even is a, is a perspective shift. I can look back in my own life and I could easily maybe say, where was God because he let this thing happen, Mm. but because I let that flip and say, I have seen God like be so near to me in a moment of a terrible thing is happening because we live in a broken world where sin impacts people around us. Like my sin impacts Claudia, um, and you know, my loved ones and even those that I might not know, but, um, God is so faithful to walk beside us through difficult times. Um, So, and to that, all right, so not only is there a massive God, huge beyond our comprehension, mm -hmm. not only does he choose us, but he wants to be there. Mm -hmm. And not take that now one step further. He wants relationship with us. And so, you know, I mean, it's, it's this invitation to walk with him. So for, but for one second, mm-hmm. I want to pause and address this idea of relationship because I know that for quite a few folks that I've talked to, this can create some, some tension and some frustration, actually. Um, it's easy to get a little bit turned upside down when you're trying to think about a relationship with God according to the standards of like a human relationship. So I think we, we get a little bit off track. And we're like, well, he's going to be just like Hannah. 
He's going to come and sit down next to me. He's going to answer when I call in just a, such a tangible way. Hmm. And I think what happens is we can get really frustrated because the fact is he's not going to drop us a text to tell us he's thinking of us. He's written us a book, but he's not going to drop us a text. He's not going to show up for coffee when we're alone and we love some company. And he's not going to you know, send me love notes and like, hey, I just want you to know I'm thinking of you today. I, I have to say, I'd love that. I would love to sense him in, in those tangible ways in the day-to-day. Um, but what he's doing is he's inviting us by faith to kind of walk with him mm-hmm. and to trust him. And, you know, there's so many times I have really longed for him, like, God, I need you and I need you here. I need you here now. I can do this if you're here. And he didn't show up in a tangible way. He didn't just swoop in and change the, the you know, temperature in the room and, you know, be there in my just his presence by my side in ways I may have liked. And yet he invites me to kind of journey with him. And it's, I think what, ha- what helps is exactly what you said. When we have some, some track record with him mm-hmm. and some time and, and we, you, you mentioned, you know, even in a prior episode of journeying with others to get their input, hear their mm-hmm. stories of mm-hmm. how God showed up for them helps me in my own journey, hold on to this. Because if we're not careful, we're going to impose some human parameters on what is a supernatural relationship. You know, I think of the guy wearing that shirt, Jesus is my homeboy. <laughs> yeah. So we, I wish, <laughs> I wish he would show up and, and be that tangible. But here's the thing, um, humanly speaking, we're going to, we are going to always judge our relationships by this, by our senses, right? What I see, what I feel, how good this feels to me. But spiritually speaking, we have to trust the relational presence of God through faith. It's not by what we see and not by what we feel. Um, and this really gives me hope. I think of Oswald Chambers. I don't know if you've ever read some of his. Mm-hmm. I have, oh, my gosh. I, I use up for, utmost for his, my utmost for his highest. I've used that for years. Um, and speaking about this, he says when talking about this very thing, we are going to, when we finally get this, we're going to say to ourselves, oh, my gosh. He was actually there the whole time. This <laughs> massive God mm. was there the whole time. And yeah. yeah, I wanted to feel an actual physical hug or I wanted a physical, you know, sense of his presence. But when we really grab hold of this and understand, he was there the whole time. It's that footprints poem. Mm. Yeah. And I want to caveat by saying sometimes the Lord does move in you know, very tangible, it feels like tangible ways. Absolutely. And I know, uh, Claudia, your testimony on the website, you know, with everything with your mom, and I won't, you Mm -hmm. know, go into all of it right now, but the Lord just speaking to you Mm -hmm. really loudly, uh, you know, to prepare for something difficult. Um, That's a very powerful, powerful story. If you have not seen it, it's on our website. So make sure you go and check that out. We'll do a podcast on it. Oh, okay. I'm looking forward to that. Um, But just as you were saying, you know, we begin that by, we begin this by embracing his truth. Um, you know, we begin to really do this by faith. And sometimes that's frustrating for us. Um, and if, you know, you're wondering, okay, what does that actually mean by faith? I think Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Um, you know, we live in a, in a kingdom that is already, but not yet. And so there are some mm, things that are that's good. maybe tangible now, but there are things that are not tangible yet, but they are our reality. And we have to have the conviction um, of those things that are not seen yet. 
In faith, we read and remember a lot of things from scripture. Um, I'm just going to mention a couple and hope that you find it encouraging. But God knew us before he even laid the foundation of the earth. He has knit us together in our mother's womb. He chose the time in which we would be born. He placed his very breath into our lungs. He numbers our days and he directs our steps. He lays out a boundary that limits our lives or encompasses our lives. His thoughts towards us outnumber the sands on the shore. That's encouraging to me. You're saying, drop a little text. (laughs) He is thinking about us. He knows our every sorrow and collects our tears. And he has a precise plan for each one of us. John 15, 16 specifically says that we did not choose him but God chooses us. Yeah. So, and I would just say to anybody listening there, you're going to inevitably have seasons where you just feel like you don't matter. Mm. You're not seen. Maybe you don't have the value. You wish you feel like you have the value that you'd like to feel that you have, or you've become something other than who you, who you really feel you are. Something's gotten off track and something's out of place. And maybe it's not even very pretty or polished at the moment. Mm. God's message is this. I have not only made you, but I've created you in the same way I created this grand universe. I made you, and I made you with the intention that I've got a plan. I've got a purpose. I've got a place for you. Um, I chose you. This is not just haphazard. What's going on is just not circumstance, just you know, leading to circumstance, leading to circumstance without intention. Um, I'm not looking for some prettied up version of you, not some polished, well-behaved version of you, not some super successful and valuable demonstration of you or what you can do. Um, I just want you. And I'm telling you, Hannah, for me, that changes. I try to do good. I try to be good. I try to earn his approval. And he's saying, I just want you. No facades. I don't need any accolades. I don't need anybody to think you're great. I don't want all the little pretty filters you put on the picture. (laughs) I just want you in your raw form, in your weak state. And so in our current seasons, God says, I choose you. This is a God of, again, this massive God seeing each one of us and saying, I choose that one. I want Hannah. I want Hannah on my team. And I want all that she brings to the table, the good, the bad, the ugly. (laughs) I want it all. Mm. That's so encouraging. You've heard it over and over today, but I hope that you'll just pause and really let it sink in that God chooses us. And, you know, he's done this since the beginning of time. We see throughout scripture that God goes exceedingly above and beyond to dwell with his people after their relationship uh, has been severed with him due to sin. He gives them the law to show them how they can uh, make a holy space for him to come and to dwell with them. And God's presence fills the tent of meeting, and then it fills the temple later on. And God continually forgave the Israelites over Mm. and over and over again, while also disciplining them and showing them that his ways are the only way to life. This is the way that God shows his love for them, that even though they betray him in a very predictable cycle for hundreds and hundreds of years, um, and that's pretty much the whole Old Testament as we set the stage uh, for the better uh, thing that is coming, right? That being that God wasn't finished showing us how much he loves us. He sends in his perfect timing, his only son, Jesus. Mm, That's so good. And it says in John 1 that in the beginning was the word, 
and the word was with God, and the word was God. And later on it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Mm -hmm. That uh, word dwelt and the word became flesh and dwelt among us means that Jesus tabernacled among us, right? So we see in the Old Testament that God was making a way to still be with his people and in, in giving them the law, right, with the and then filling his presence in the tent of meeting in the temple. And then he tabernacled among us in the form of Jesus. And so God's presence maybe, quote unquote, wasn't enough. Uh, God like wasn't satisfied with just sending us his presence um, in the Old Testament. But he sent Jesus to come and experience the destruction of sin, to live in the temptations of this life and flesh. And I love in Hebrews when it says that we have a high priest that now knows basically what we go through so he can empathize with us when we Mm. cry out to him. Um, And he has overcome the power of sin and death. And so while if you're a believer and you know the gospel, we never move past the gospel. We just move deeper into it. And so we share the gospel to be reminded that God's way that he shows us that he's chosen us and he loves us is that he has sent Jesus and offered us eternal life. And of course, then he gives us the Holy Spirit when he's no longer here. So that's a nice addition. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Okay, one last thing as you're closing. I don't want to belabor this. Mm -hmm. Um, That was so powerful. Uh, Yeah, coming back, we start with this big God and coming down to this point of even giving his son. Mm to choose us and make a way to restore that relationship. You know, I'm, I'm going to close with one story. There years ago, um, when my kids were little, uh, we drove to the coast with some friends and went to the beach. And uh, we weren't staying right by the beach. So this one particular day, like, it's supposed to be rainy. Should we go? We're like, yeah, you know what? Let's go. Let's just get over there, even if it's for an hour. So we get over just about a 30, 40 minute ride. We get to the beach with this other family with small kids. And the rain, the clouds are kind of coming in. It's not raining yet. Like, you know, we drove all this way. Let's let the kids just get in, wet their feet. We'll say we did it and we'll head back. Um, so like frantic parents, we all like, everybody to the beach. You know, like, we're, we're all running. And like, not like a good mom who laid down some rules. Like, all right, everybody, this is what we do at the beach. This is how we, you know, none of that. Like everybody in the water. So all eight of us run to the water and nobody's on the beach. The beach is just desolate. And it's so cloudy and gray and kind of chilly. And we're in the water four minutes, three minutes, four minutes. And I look and I can't see my daughter. Um, she's just not, now literally nobody's on the beach. And we are standing, like if you had to drew a little circle around us, like 10 feet in diameter, like we're so close together. And my daughter's not there. And I look to my husband, I'm like, Dave, where's Sydney? And we look and Sydney's not there. And I'm like, Dave, where is Sydney? Sydney's nowhere. Sydney's not on the beach. And, um, we start to panic, like frantically. My husband, you know, he's wearing glasses, his phone. He's diving in the water. And I could get choked up. He's calling out our daughter's name. And in that moment, now a few minutes have passed, and Sydney's not anywhere. And there's only one place in my mind Sydney could be, and that's beneath the water. And we're like, how in the heck did this happen? And in that moment, all I can think about is, God, I will give anything if you will rescue my baby. I don't know mm-hmm. where she is. I don't know what's happened. And I literally, this is what crossed my I will live in a cardboard box. I say this to the Lord. Why cardboard? I don't know. <laughs> I, God, I will live in cardboard. Mm-hmm. I will any, take anything you want from me. Mm-hmm. Just rescue my child. Um, now, 
Two minutes goes by, we're all like a frantic mess and my beautiful little girl comes running down the beach with a beach ball that she saw blowing away. She ran over a dune. We never, never, I don't know how we never saw it. She was totally fine, but that has always stayed with me that in Mm. that moment, I would have done anything Mm. to have my little girl. And I just thought what God has done for us, Mm. he sent us the most valuable gift and said, I will do anything to restore a relationship because he chooses us mm-hmm. in the broken forms in all of our weakness and all our, our frailty he shows up and says i want that one and i want that one and i want that one and i've made a way for them to come back in a relationship with me mm. praise god yeah right it's praise powerful god yeah powerful so okay on that note we're going to close uh we want to thank you for your time and just encourage you if you're at that place of feeling like where's god i don't feel a part of the team i don't know where i'm at i'm feeling uh I love him. I know I know. I believe in him, but this doesn't always feel real. We want to encourage you. He's choosing you, and he's got a perfect plan for you. So hang in there. Reach out if we can help you. We want to support you along the way and keep climbing fierce. Thanks for tuning in to today's podcast, wherever you stream your podcasts. Be sure to check out today's show notes for more resources, links, and helpful tools on today's topic. You can find these resources and more on our website at www.growthpointperspective.com. If this podcast has been at all impactful for you or someone you know, let us know, leave us a review or send it to a friend who might need to hear about today's topics. And if you have any questions or an episode idea for us, or you want to get in contact with our team, email hello at growthpointperspective.com. Until next time, friends, go climb fierce.